At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to a special guest episode of That Trippy Show. This one's going to be a fun one. We have a ton to cover this week, but one of the things I want to spend some more time on is just how wild it's getting over on the other side. So we're really excited today to welcome Julia Jeske. You probably know her from Decoding Fox News on Twitter. If you're not following that, we'll put the handle in the show notes, but you should be because she can help break it all down. Juliet, welcome. Thanks for having me. Alex, where do you want to get started, man? Juliet, for our listeners who may not know, before we get into kind of some of the things, because this was a big Fox News week, I think that's why we're really excited to talk. But those of our listeners who don't know, how'd you get into this and, and kind of what 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 is really at the heart of decoding Fox News? Well, I accidentally started researching the Proud Boys before anybody knew who they were. Uh, the fringe, The press that covered extremism knew who they were, but that was it. And no one else took them seriously. Only the journalists who were dedicated to covering extremism took them seriously. And um, I ended up capturing all 407 episodes of the Gavin McInnes show. He's the founder of the Proud Boys. And I acted as an anonymous unpaid researcher for a few years there, uh, just because I hated extremism and hated uh, what he was promoting. And then that sort of led to me getting into journalism. And I wanted to get back to the extremist beat while I was in school. So I, my thesis, which is called the capstone in my school, was dedicated to uh, right-wing media. And I covered Tucker, OANN, and uh, Nick Fuentes and compared it to nonpartisan media. And that's when I got offered a grant. And they said from my school, sort of, it's not directly from my school, but indirectly. And they basically said, do you want to cover Fox? Just Fox? And I said, yeah, sure. And um I just love debunking things, cracking, like when I see people lie, I love exposing them. I love, you know, breaking up conspiracy theories, proving them wrong. I love going to primary sources. I love data. That's the kind of thing I love working with. So it's kind of a perfect fit, even though I have to watch a lot of Fox, which isn't always fun. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) So if, if you turn on Fox this week, and I would encourage anyone not named Juliet to maybe take it easy on it. (laughs) <laughs> but it, it, you really can't get away from a couple of stories. And I want to make sure we have the time to hit them all. But obviously, the big one that just has everyone in a total tizzy is Joe Biden took his covert visit to Ukraine on I think, Monday morning, their time, um, spent about six hours on the ground there. I mean, it was really historic. And I'll let Joe talk about that. But the way that they covered that versus the the Ohio train derailment was was just fascinating to me. Yeah. So I want to get into that with both of you. But, but Joe, before we get too far down that road, anything stand out to you about Joe Biden's visit to Ukraine that you're not going to hear on Fox News? I think what people are missing and what none of the media really explained to anybody in our country is that, you know, what the autocracy versus democracy fight is all about. What's clear to me is that here, the symbolism of Biden standing in Kiev, where 
Putin hoped to be standing just days after his invasion. Juliet, I'd like to, to get your take on how Fox News was looking at this. Well, it's, it's a little strange because Fox leaves out that the U.S. government was in East Palestine almost immediately after that accident. You had FEMA didn't agree because they were trying to negotiate with, um, they were trying to force basically the railroad company to pay for damages and to clean the area up. So that went back and forth for a minute. But you had the EPA down there pretty much immediately. And you also had um, it, the act as if no one showed up. And FEMA has not, like, everyone's ignored this tiny town. And that's not the truth. I mean, you could find evidence all over the place that the federal government is there. The president being in Ukraine is somehow at the same level with him personally immediately being in East Palestine first before he goes to Ukraine. Kind of insane. Yeah, they're not even close to being the same type of situation. But Fox has turned them into, this is the equivalent this accident in Ohio is the same as a you know global conflict that includes most of the EU and the United States you know helping Ukraine defend itself against this aggressive power that wants to basically take over the entire country and destroy democracy there so yeah not quite the same what bugs me a little bit is the derailment happened because of a rule that Trump got rid of in terms of safety regulations on the railroads that you know, I, I would assume that most of the left wing ecosystem knows about, but they, you're not hearing that on Fox News. Well, they're going back to a law from 2015. Hannity especially keeps repeating this. And he keeps saying the law was changed in 2015. And he negates the fact that, that uh, Trump, um, not Congress, uh, the law was changed in 2015 by Congress under the Obama administration. And then he claims he forgets that in 2018, Trump and his Department of, you know, Secretary of uh, Transportation rolled back safety guidelines that were enacted by under Obama. So they just leave that out and they keep bringing up 2015, which is true, but they're leaving out. It's like time moves forward. You can't just ignore the fact that Trump rolled these regulations back because of pressure by the uh, railroad industry and uh, companies that ship oil, like oil companies also lobbied against but that. What, you know, what's more appalling, I think, is just how they're eroding support in democracy here at home and eroding support for Ukraine. The West support of Ukraine, President Biden, the U.S. and, and Europe support of Ukraine. I mean, there are really high stakes going on right now uh, in this. And, and what's shocking to me, actually not shocking, but just a, a incredibly reckless. Again, if you look at what I was saying, you know, he, Putin can throw 500,000 bodies at Ukraine, draft anyone, arrest mm -hmm. anyone, uh, have state media saying it's all Biden's fault. And here... We have Fox News mimicking Russian state media. This whole thing really is about Putin trying to outlast not Biden or Macron or Democratic elected leaders, but the citizens of democracies, knowing that prices are going, the cost of the war is hurting, uh, and that those citizens in democracies will, will tire or rebel against uh, putting more resources or more time into supporting Ukraine against against somebody who's bent on destroying that country and using crimes against humanity to get it done. And here it is. So Fox News is aiding and abetting 
you know, the butcher of Moscow, mm -hmm. essentially, and helping him get the time that he needs and actually eroding the support of American citizens for defending democracy here at home and abroad. And they're paying almost no price for it. The way they couch it, I mean, Tucker Carlson is the most aggressive person on the network where he will openly trash Ukraine, Zelensky, call him corrupt, say it's not a democracy, which it is. Um, try, he's even used the term Nazi to describe Ukrainian soldiers. I've seen him do all of these things. And he is very pro-Putin. He's had extremists from Russia that he's promoted on his show. There was a gentleman who wrote some books that were just straight up Nazi books. And he had he was defending him saying, oh, Amazon took his books off of, of Amazon. They're, they're, they're censoring this great writer. And you look the guy up and he's a Nazi. And he's hideous and he's against democracy and he's pro-fascist. And then there's most of Fox, I would say, is in the pool of, well, this is costing us too much money. This isn't our war. This shouldn't be our concern. Why do we care? It's not our problem, basically. Uh, which is, you know, this is supposed to be a pro-democracy network. They're supposed to be for freedom right. and our constitution. And yet here they are backing a man who wants to wipe it out completely in a neighboring country, and he won't stop. Putin has been very right. uh, aggressive and open about he wants to take over what he used to control when it was the Soviet Union. Yeah, he's got Russian state media and Tucker Carlson cheering him on. Mm -hmm. It's so reckless, because for Tucker, it's all about rating. How can he get the anger up in his audience and raise his, his ratings is the only thing it's about. And in the crosshairs is democracy itself, and he doesn't give a damn. Yep. So, Joe, I want to get back to the ratings thing in a minute. We'll get there. But, I, Juliet, in pre-show, you brought up a really good point. Can't believe I'm saying this. Tying a train derailment in <laughs> Ohio crazy. to the Ukraine war. It's just how how much this thing worms. It, and I think this gets to how Joe, you're reckless, dangerous, et cetera. How if Fox doesn't, Fox will just air it. They don't care. But if they don't air it, it won't really get out of that ecosystem as much but when they do all of a sudden a lot of mainstream or i, I don't maybe mainstream's not the road but less right-wing outlets start covering it critically yeah and they don't cover it um they this is interesting i looked at how pbs covered it and pbs did a great job in that they had jeff bennett interview the ceo of the railroad company and he just flat out asked him like you have record profits you spent more on dividends and you know uh buybacks to your shareholders than you did to safety and maintenance. And he just held his feet to the fire and went after the CEO. And Fox couches it as, well, this is the government's fault. This is Pete Buttigieg's fault for some reason. You know, Pete Buttigieg was supposed to somehow prevent a train derailment. And they have couched it in a very different way. And then they, they do this all the time. It's standard Fox whenever they've got a story like this that they want to push, a narrative that they want to push. They scream over and over, well, no one else is covering this. No one else is covering this. It was daring um, other networks to pick up the story. And when you look at this in terms of a disaster, I think it is a horrible disaster for the people who live in East Palestine. But at the same time, no one died. No one was injured. It could be much, much worse. It could be like the hurricane that hit Florida that wiped out most of the state. You know, that was a, that's a disaster. I mean, it's like, I don't, you don't want to compare disasters, but it's like, it's bad, but it could be much worse. I mean, even if it was a massive hurricane, a mass shooting, you're 
trying to equate that the president of the United States, because he's actually in a war zone, trying to uh, rally support against a murderous tyrant who is looking to destroy freedom, liberty, individual rights in Ukraine, and not going to stop there, that that somehow he, you know, he can't do that and be back and have his secretary of transportation or whoever, but that he somehow isn't concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And the the trip to Ukraine was planned for months, months. They had to, to line all these things up. So for them to say, well, he shouldn't have gone to Ukraine right before the year anniversary of the war starting, making that momentous, you know, action of standing there with Zelensky in a war zone, you know, with air raid, air raid sirens, sirens going. I mean, yeah, to say that, oh, he shouldn't have done that because we had an accident in the United States, I think is, a, is kind of absurd. We can't even at this point, Fox can't even rally around being unified about taking on and defending a, the liberty and freedom of a country against a, the butcher of mm-hmm. Moscow, who's basically committing war crime after war crime. But we can't even unify around that. And at the same time, what they're actually doing is eroding support of any mm-hmm. unity to to uh, to stop Putin. There was something that I've you know I've seen. I know you noticed it too. There's some dichotomy on the Fox view of of East Palestine, where you you suddenly have Kilmeade and others basically taking on Trump a little bit and saying, "Hey, he changed the the regulations on the bra- on the brakes that it's it's Trump's." And at the same time, an hour or two later, you have somebody using this East Palestine, why was the president in Ukraine, he should have been here thing. It's just, uh, you do see some kind of dichotomy and schism, whatever you want to call it. What's your take on that? Well, it's definitely coordinated because every single show I've covered this week, um, and I do Fox and Friends, The Five, and this week I'm on the Ingram Angle, and I did go back and catch some stuff from Hannity. But every show I've covered has done the exact same angle. Now, Steve Ducey was the one who slipped out this comment about, well, you know, Trump changed the rule about safety for trains. And as soon as he said it, the other two hosts just sat there and they just moved on. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Nobody fought with him. Nobody kept talking about it. It was just he said it like a bomb. And then they went and they just kept moving on. But the fact that every single show has the exact same angle with uh, Ukraine versus East Palestine, Ohio. It, I mean, it, it obviously it's coordinated. I cannot imagine that all of these people came up with this exact same conclusion. Oh, ooh, let's compare these two things that aren't really comparable. It is a way to sort of cudgel Biden and, and the Biden administration. Support, which is, so, yeah. And yes, and of course, yeah. which they've been doing for months. The, the erosion of support towards Ukraine is a slow process. It's been like little by little by little. And now it's just getting, it's like very apathetic. Just this is too much money. It's not our problem. We shouldn't care. Yeah, well, you know, Trump started this with his affection for Putin, uh, which led a whole bunch of mega cult folks to suddenly move and be supportive of Putin in this thing. And then you had Tucker Carlson leading the, the charge with, you know, why, why shouldn't he support Russia? He does building. And Fox has been a major piece of that. Is there support at Fox anywhere for Ukraine, or is it just now all Russia spending too much money? You know, we're, we shouldn't be there, that kind of stuff. Well, recently, Kilmeade, um, I would say the pro Ukraine like faction on Fox that I've seen is Sean Hannity, 
Mark Levine, and Brian Kilmeade. And the other day, Brian Kilmeade openly, openly sparred with one of his co-hosts who was a substitute who I didn't know her. She was on Fox and Friends. I'd never seen this woman before. And she was of the isolationist. We shouldn't spend so much money. This is, we, we don't know who we're giving the money to. And he was just openly fighting with her. And then they had a uh, Russian expert on. It was a woman who was trying to, to give her two cents. And she kept saying, oh, this war, and she was Russian. And she kept saying, this war is unwinnable. Ukraine just needs to give it up. And Brian, the whole time, Kilmeade was just fighting with her, openly fighting with her, going, he's gonna, he's not gonna stop. He's gonna go to Poland, he's gonna go to Moldova, yeah. he's gonna go to Georgia, he's gonna. And so there is a contingency. The funny thing that is interesting though, the way they word it, they're still criticizing Biden. Like Hannity will say, um, we should help the Ukrainian people, but we're not helping them because we're not giving them what they want in, with, in terms of weapons. They never say money, they just say weapons. And it's, we should give them jets, we should give them this, we should get, and they're not doing that fast enough. And so Biden is just a loser and he can't, he's behind the curve. And so they still attack Biden, but it's like, they they talk in terms of, we should give them more weapons and go more in full force is how they do it. It's amazing though, because for Biden to have held Western democracies in alliance for, for a year now, given if anybody had said that the, the alliance would hold that they'd be scraping everything they could to get to Ukraine within reason. It's an amazing success, particularly when Putin can arrest his opposition mm -hmm. and put him in jail. Here, we've got opposition as a majority you know, in Congress who have been throwing up obstacles, now saying, hey, we're not going to vote to send more money to Ukraine, and we're not even going to vote for our, you know, to extend the debt ceiling. I mean, it's, in other words, all this has been accomplished with with Tucker Carlson saying, you know, taking Putin's side, with Clinton, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, you know, basically towing the Russian line and throwing up obstacle after obstacle. And by the way, inflation, gas prices, all that, the media hyping the pain, but never putting it really in context of this war or of a price that goes along with fighting on the side of democracy, liberty, and freedom. That doesn't, that story, and it, the last place it gets told is on Fox, where you would have thought it would have been the first place, because supposedly that's what they're about. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is kind of funny, though, you, you guys mentioned one of the things that they keep throwing out is the costs. Mm -hmm. And I think during the, the balloon fiasco, I don't know which one, but one of the Fox reporters that was just tweeting the news that uh, one of the balloons had been shot down. Then, then he said, with a Sidewinder missile, a Sidewinder missile costs four hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Period. And it was that just that end yeah. little thing. You don't see those kinds of yeah. additions when it's a uh, talking about Trump or during the Trump. It, it's just really fascinating to see just how slanted it gets, even on something as uh, benign almost as reporting on an actual news event. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Well, I made a montage of that. I went back 
from I took clips from Thursday of the five, all the cast members of the five were basically all saying the same thing of we're spending, and they they did the math. Dana Perino came up with a figure that was 1.6 million. And then I juxtaposed it with the night the balloon was first discovered and everybody just going, shoot it down, <laughs> shoot it down. And so it was, it was really wild to go back and forth. And then at the five, they're laughing. Oh, he shot down a $12 hobby balloon. And this is a joke. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, and yeah, and to see anybody on Fox complain about defense spending is already just funny. Well, like, really? Joe, I think this is why, this is why we got to figure out how to have yeah. Juliet on more. Cause I come up with a half sourced <laughs> anecdote about Twitter. And then she's like, I made a montage. <laughs> Definitely check out at Decoding Fox News. We'll include that in the show notes for sure. It's pretty funny. It um, goes back and forth between the two weeks. Yeah. That's great. So, Juliet, we're before we haven't even we're 25 minutes into the show. We haven't even gotten to what the other two stories of the week that want to make sure we hit. Um, Number one, um, and I don't know if this is just because she wants another one or what. um, Obviously, Marjorie Taylor Greene is out on her uh, code words for civil war. She's calling it a (laughs) national divorce. And Joe and I will break down, I'm sure, in a future show. We've gotten a lot of questions about it, what that means for the the politics and everything. But in our pre-show, we were also talking about this is a really interesting way to look at the schism in Fox News. And wanted to kind of break down how that was reported this week, too. Well, Hannity on the 21st had her on and was in full agreement with her. And she, the quote that I wrote down that I was just stunned by is she said, the last thing I would want to see is a civil war, but we're going in that direction, just casually. And then uh, the next day, Laura Ingram had a section where she said, you know, I understand why Marjorie Taylor Greene would be upset, but this is nuts and illegal and this could never happen. And then she had Charlie Kirk come on of Turning Points USA. And he basically said the same thing, full agreement. They were just like, they were polite about it, but they were basically like, this could not happen. It's not legal. You can't take, you can't, because Marjorie Taylor Greene saying you should take people's uh, right to vote away when they move states for five years. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And this is silly. And they just, so yeah, two, you know, primetime shows a day apart, totally different attitudes towards towards it. Ruth Benjiat made a good point on Twitter. So just a quote, just what Putin would love, his long-funded successionist. We need to see Green as a Kremlin propaganda troll. So many of her positions, as well as her heckling of Biden at State of the Union, align with this function. I mean, it, it's interesting to me that, of course, Hannity is, I guess, siding with her on this, right? Do you know where Tucker is on this, or has he not said anything yet? I I don't know where Tucker is on this. I I try. I can only get like one right. primetime show a week, but um, well, who can blame I knew you for that, that about Hannity and it went back. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done all three before. I've done three of them before um, it, for the entire week. And it was just, I was going to sleep at like 5 a.m. But because um, it just so many clips. But uh, I did go back and watch the entire Hannity exchange twice because I was trying to figure out what was going on there. Um, but no, I don't know about Tucker. Uh, it's, I don't know where Tucker would stand on that. Honestly, he's he's so his own thing compared to the other people that I. Well, it's got to be a little confusing for him because if if she's acting as Putin's troll, propaganda troll, yeah. uh, on this, it seems not unwise to believe that. Then you know Tucker's. Yeah, you, know, you would think maybe he's going to jump on the divorce bandwagon too. But I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, 
So before we go, and this was like the one that started it, I think, this kind of internal discussion about what our topic of the show would be. But uh, The Guardian came out with the long, long sorted details of the Dominion lawsuit against Fox, and it is phenomenal. You should all read it. Um, We'll also include that in the show notes. It really kind of puts a bow on everything we've been talking about, about the Fox hypocrisy. It just says throughout the entire brief that, you know, example after example after example of Fox executives and hosts all knowing that it was a lie and that the Dominion, the claims against Dominion were not true. And yet they kept having guests on that would say, say things that were not true. They had Sidney Powell on. They all thought she was nuts. They would say in private correspondence, we think this woman's crazy. We don't believe her. And then Dominion was sending them thousands of emails saying, stop doing this. Here's exactly why you should stop doing this. And Fox didn't care. They were more concerned with ratings. Yeah, it was money and ratings. And, you know, as someone who spent more time at Fox than a human being should do, that's what it's become. I mean, it's always been that, but just on like steroids now about that's everything, money and ratings. And in fact, I think a lot of the primetime opinion folks like Hannity, Tucker, uh, and Ingram, it's almost like, how bigger can I lie uh, to get a bigger share of the audience than you? And it's like, in other words, the competition for the audience, for MAGA, and which piece of it I can pull in with whatever narrative I'm going to do tonight is actually in competition internally who can get uh, uh, higher ratings. It kills Hannity that Tucker has higher ratings than him. Oh, yeah. And you can see it. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it's about. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's like it, there's no, hey, wait, what am I going to do to democracy here? What am I doing to even to my audience to, if I if I get them to believe this? No, it's about can I get the audience to believe it? Can I grow it by being more extreme, more out there, more conspiratorial? than Tucker or in a different way. I just think that's what's happening. And so that's why Fox, as bad as it's been, is getting worse. When Tucker openly talked about the stock price, like the stock price is going down. We have to do something. And they yeah. were panicked that Newsmax would steal their their share. I mean, it was just un, just brazen. And 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 the fact, I think I remember the, the number, I've got to pull this from thin air, but I think it was 3,600 emails Dominion sent them. And they, they were called set the record straight. And they just kept sending them over and they would immediately send them after a broadcast. They said, once they said to Hegseth, who was on Fox and Friends, I think on the weekend, they sent him 30 emails after a broadcast because everything was just a lie. And they're like, you can't do this. And they all knew like Judge Pirro kept making stuff up or she kept having guests that were too out there on her show. And they knew that, couldn't stop her, couldn't rein her in. It's just madness. And I love the brief. It's brilliant. If you haven't read it, everybody needs to read it. It's very entertaining, even though you think, oh, it's a legal brief. No, <laughs> yeah, it's great because they break it down and it's it's an easy read. Anybody have a favorite text? Uh, I think my favorite is when Hannity says, I didn't believe it for a, a, a moment or a second. That That's just, it's just, there's no way you can deny that. I mean, it's like so clear. Yeah. All of Tucker's stuff he is crazy. A, Everything Trump he writes is, a demonic is just force of good at destroying is. things. He could easily destroy us if yeah. we play it wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, his. Yeah, yeah, and that that one's great. And then they have a, a woman who was a guest on the show who yeah, says, yeah, "Oh, yeah. I, the wind it's, speaks to me," and I'm, I, you know, she's totally nuts. 
she just is like said basically says she has like magical powers in the you know openly admits it and they're like just letting her on air so that was crazy um yeah i it's a highly highly entertaining document even though it's a legal brief no and i i think it just exposes and what we're seeing lately just exposes that it really is schizophrenic kind of competition for ratings it's uh it's all that matters and that uh, it explains why so many of them, them embraced conspiracy theories and flooded the network with them, or why, you know, Hannity would go all in with Marjorie Taylor Greene, right? Because he's going after that harder side of that audience. He wants to be their guy and get his ratings up. I think he's actually seems sort of worried about his ratings now. Do you get that sense, too, from watching? Oh, 100%. He's panicked. I I will say, I'll add this anecdote, which was wild. Right before the, when McCarthy, the McCarthy speaker hearings were a complete fiasco. That that was this year, by the way, just, that was recent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. That's true. I'm thinking midterms, but it was, yeah, it was fairly recent. It was January, late January when, um, like early January, actually. So when they were doing that whole fiasco with not being able to nominate or vote on McCarthy. Um, This was just mind blowing. So Hannity kept complaining. He'd say, well, it's because of these crazy voices, these extremists in the Republican Party that are making this so bad. And that's what's causing this. And then he invited him on his show and he had um, Bobert on for 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the like what he thought was like a crossfire style I'm going to ask her hard questions and she's going to answer them. And then the next day he had her on again with Matt Gates. He had Matt Gates and Bobert on the next day on a panel and they were both laughing at how every time they yeah. appear on Fox, they get all this money. They get, Oh, we love it when we come on here because our, we get, and he's laughing going, Oh, I'm so glad I could help you out. And I'm like, at the same time, you're complaining that these voices are the reason why you can't get McCarthy. Like you can't make him speaker. He can't just get voted in. So I don't know what you're doing here, Hannity. You can't complain well, about it and then feed the beast. That's what I called it in my podcast. They said he's feeding the beast. That's what they're all trying to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why they and the party are now hostage to the beast they built. Yes, they created their own monster. They did. So I I know the answer to this question, but I think we got to ask it. What can we do? I mean, we see what Dominion is doing with the trying to set the record state it's completely ignored and now they have a lawsuit but like what can we the the people the listeners actually try to do to 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 start facing them down a little bit more well i mean there's there's no real simple answer to that you know the reality is that the pro democracy side has just stood i mean i'm talking in the media piece of this uh stood by and also the players in the party and stood by while the outrage machine was built. I mean, and not just Fox, but Breitbart, Newsmax, all of it, you know, over years with lots of investment, billions of dollars spent to build the audience and on social media to build a network to amplify it. And what we have, to be honest with you, is Juliet, no well-funded, there's not no billionaires coming in to say, hey, let's start a pro-democracy uh, a media narrative that takes on the disinformation and disrupts Fox's outrage 
So, you know, I, I think it's all of us. I mean, it's listening to people like Juliet. It's amplifying their voices as they expose what Fox has done, what it's up to. Also, it's not just us. It's everyone who has to do the work here because it will, like I said, it, I mean, even just financial support of entities, if you're out there, you know, start looking to people like Juliet, R2 and other places and, and help because it's going to be literally from the ground up to take this on and everybody out there amplifying voices like Juliet's who's, who takes the time to look at this stuff and is unafraid to take it on. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think the attitude of, because uh, I've seen this recently, somebody was like, oh, we shouldn't give them so much attention and we should just not pay attention to Marjorie Taylor Greene because we're feeding it. I'm like, no, we're not feeding it if we call it out. Right. If you put her on a TV show and you act like she's a legitimate voice and what she's saying is not crazy, then you're feeding it. But you have to call it out. And the media doesn't call this stuff out. They just put her on and say, hey, Democrats say this. What do you say? Yes. Uh, and then let her go off. And that's exactly what, that's where the media, I yeah. think, I, I think the biggest letdown of journalists reporting inflation, gasoline prices, this argument between why the president wasn't at Palestine versus Ukraine, and not putting it in the context of a a fight for liberty and democracy and freedom um, in Ukraine. In other words, to put the context on why you're, you do have high prices. They'll report tons about I mean, Fox, by the way, will go straight to it's all Biden's. Biden did this. Biden made your gas prices high. The rest of the press corps, uh, the other networks have Republicans on saying it's all Biden's fault. Democrats saying, you know, whatever we're saying, mm -hmm. but no one is putting it in the context of the real struggle and why people need to engage more and understand what's going on beyond all this propaganda that Fox is pushing out there. And then the other media outlets pick up uh, like they did on Palestine. Yeah, completely. I think that's just about a good place to end. We're running out of time here. Uh, before we go, though, Juliet, where can people find your work besides, uh, I, I think what you mentioned, at Twitter on Decoding Fox News? I have a Substack channel that's basically Decoding Fox News Substack. Um, and that's pretty much the best place to go. I also have a YouTube channel that's my name, but that's most, it's all the same content pretty, pretty much, but yeah, Substack and Twitter. Great. Thanks, Juliet, for coming on. And thanks everyone for listening to that trippy show. A reminder, this podcast will always be free and is now part of Resolute Square, a new force in the fight against the right-wing outrage machine that I talk about so much. Uh, and that Juliet's uh, work uh, so much to uncover. Check out the latest at resolutesquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to that trippy show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. We'll put Juliet's work in the show notes. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. We'll see you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.